Hi friends, welcome back. I hope everyone's day is going well wherever that may be right now. I just wanted to check in and see how everyone is doing. I can't believe that it's already mid-September. Um, this year is going by quickly and slowly at the same time. It's like a weird feeling that I have. Maybe that's just me or you feel the same way. Um, but I do hope that everyone is staying safe and taking care of one another. Um, we're also still fighting for social justice across the world. And my hope is that each and every one of you are still bringing that same energy and are still learning, you're still listening, and you're still donating. On that topic, I want to talk about a crowdfunding campaign that is currently taking place, and it is for the Black Girl Magic digital platform. It's an online digital platform. So the team is currently building out and creating an online membership platform to champion their vision to create approachable and intentional space by using technology as a vehicle for connecting, educating, and uplifting Black women. The membership platform will give users access to a wonderful network of health and spiritual practitioners and healers who will also be offering their expertise to the community um, while unpacking themes such as generational trauma, generational healing, nature-based healing, and Black spiritual traditions. So they're currently running a GoFundMe campaign which you can find the link on their bio on their instagram so the handle is at black girl magic magic with a k at the end not a c i'll also be linking that to lemon water's link tree which will be on our instagram if you have the means please donate if you don't share it with your community to amplify this campaign I'm also really super excited to introduce my guests for today's episode. I've been a huge fan of this brand for as long as I can remember. So today I'm sitting down with Priscilla Tsai, who is the founder of Coco Kind. Coco Kind is a clean and conscious skincare line based out of San Francisco. And what I love about this brand is that they make clean beauty accessible and affordable. And so on this episode, I caught up with Priscilla to discuss how and why she started Coco Kind, her journey with clean beauty, how it was navigating and starting her own company at the age of 28, and also how she's been navigating the past few months. Another reason why I love Coco Kind is how much they acknowledge their responsibility as a brand. And the brand has constantly been sharing and educating their community on current issues that are taking place. And, you know, they make a point to do their part. And so we really talk about that in this episode as well. And their most recent initiative was donating a portion of their sales and proceeds to one tree planted in light of the wildfires that are currently taking place out west. This episode, just putting it out there, was recorded a couple of months back, so it may not seem that we covered what's most recently taken place, but we do cover a lot that has happened in the past few months. So I'm going to stop talking and we're going to get to this episode and I hope that you guys enjoy this and I'll see you soon. Before we get into the episode, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors over at Ray Wellness. Ray is all about helping you shine from the inside out by providing evidence-based nutritional supplements packed with pure and powerful ingredients so you can feel your best all day, every day. You can find Ray at Target and online, or even better, you can subscribe to have your favorite supplements delivered right to your doorstep. And now when you start a subscription, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping when you spend over $20. So head over to raywellness.co today to get started. Now to the episode. So I'm sitting down, well, virtually with Priscilla, who is the CEO and founder of Coco Kind, which I was going to say Coco Kind Skin, but as we know now, we are venturing off into a little bit more, um, a little more things in the company. Am I right? Yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, okay, Priscilla. So I just want to start off with talking about Coco Kind and how it started. 
like everything from the beginning. Yeah, totally. Um, so we started a little over five years ago, um, but it really started with me just dealing with so much hormonal and cystic acne as a teenager in my early 20s. Um, I had always dealt with that, me and my older sister, and I kind of knew that it was going to be something that I was going to deal with seeing her journey. And, um, you know, I, we had gone to a, a dermatologist and we had been put on um, antibiotics like doxycycline and spironolactin and some pretty harsh topical prescriptions too. And um, I ended up being on those medications for um, over three years. And so, and we all know, you know, now um, what that being on antibiotics for three years could do to your gut. Um, and, you know, not to mention a lot of these prescriptions completely um, destroying my skin's microbiome and acid mantle and just dealing with such sensitivities on my skin. I would literally have to, I would tell a story that um, for so many years, I would put on Cetaphil in the dark in the morning because it would sting my face so badly and my face would turn, my skin would turn bright red and my eyes would water. So I'd have to do it in the dark. Um, and it was just a, like, honestly, just such a miserable experience for me every morning. Um, I'd wait 10 minutes after my skin, you know, putting on skincare to, to let it cool down and be less red and stinging. Um, and then I just slab on like a ton of makeup onto my, my skin to cover up, you know, all my acne and red spots. And it was just very, very miserable, especially in uh, super formative years um, of my life, both, you know, physically with dealing with my skin and being ashamed of my skin and always wanting to cover it up, but also internally um, just developing so many gut issues that I wasn't even, I didn't even know about um, because I was on antibiotics for every day for, for three years. And so, um, you know, actually it was my gut issues that led me to first start to look into a more holistic lifestyle and understanding of, of, of plants and superfoods and um, how I could try to rebuild that um, and, and, and just kind of strip out some of the things that I knew were, were, were leading to more inflammation. And so um, with that, I started to cook more and I've always been like a very DIY person, like growing up, I would make my own clothes and make my, I just like, I enjoy like making my own stuff. <laughs> and, um, and so with that, I started to actually, you know, got the advice once that I should try oils um, on my, on my skin. And, and I had always used oil free everything. Like that was like the one qualifier that I used. Um, and so it seems, you know, really counterintuitive, but, um, literally on like the first, well, I kind of at that point was like, I don't really have anything to lose. Like my skin is, is not great. And like, it doesn't matter if I break out a little bit this week, cause that's just my life. <laughs> so oh. I basically tried, um, I tried a combination of a couple oils, roasted oil, coconut and avocado oil. And, um, and that immediately that day, like it was, it was just instant where it was the first time that I applied something to my skin. It didn't sting. And, um, and the next morning when I woke up, my skin felt like moisturized and soft and I hadn't felt that in years. And so it was literally overnight where I was like, this is, I need to like figure this, yeah. this is so much better. And um, I actually remember, yeah. sorry to cut you off. I remember it, it's the, the applying to oil on our faces is a new concept. Like for a lot of us, because we were always told to not put oily substances on our face because it would clog your pores. But yet so many of the creams that we were using or even sunscreens were clogging our pores. So I think for someone who had skin issues to hear that, like, oh, just put more oil on it. It's like, um, really? Like, isn't that just going to make things worse? But yeah. right now we know that that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think like, you know, you reach a point of like just sheer desperation. Like that was so much of my like beauty routine and experience was like, I would, I was just so desperate with my skin that like, I would like literally save up to buy like this $90 cleanser. Um, or, you know, that, that was like some brand name that I thought like the more money I spend, you know, the, the higher chance that like my skin will improve and be fixed. Um, and, and I, you know, I would go tanning to like basically hide my acne scars to just blend in everything. 
um, you know, I would do like every, everything. It would just be like, let me just be, I would, I would avoid like day parties because I didn't want my skin to be like, just like so exposed. And there's just like a lot of things that, you know, people who deal with a lot of persistent skin issues, acne being, you know, only one of them, um, can relate to when it becomes like, you're just so uncomfortable in your skin. Yeah. It takes over your life too, because that's all you're thinking about. Like how do exactly. you like how you're like basically waking up in the morning being like, how do I avoid this issue that I have? Exactly. Well, and that, you know, it's like, oh, I can't eat that or I can't do that because, you know, my skin will break out or I'll get, you know, start, it'll break out in a rash or like an acne. Like there's just so many things where it, it really impacts you. Um, and so that was something that was just like an immediate um, kind of turnaround for me when I started to discover real ingredients um, and how I could use these on my skin. And and so for me, you know, I actually, um, my mom's an entrepreneur. She's owned a a, a small business in Michigan for like 25 years and I grew up going to her office and I knew that I, ever since I was like really young I knew that I wanted to start a company mm-hmm. um and so you know this, nobody was surprised to hear that I you know quit my job on Wall Street to start a company but what was super surprising and was really surprising to me too and if it wasn't for um being really insecure about my skin I probably would have started Coco Kine when I was like I don't know, 23. Um, but I was, it just took me a while because, you know, obviously my skin wasn't perfect and it's still not perfect either. Um, but you know, it was, it was, yeah, your largest insecurity. And so it's like, how am I going to start a skincare company when, you know, all skin, it seemed like all beauty companies, especially back then were started by like, you know, celebrities or, um, people who could be celebrities or, um, and it just, didn't feel I was like that I don't feel like I have a place as a founder you know and I don't even feel like I have a place as a consumer in the industry um and so that took me a while to kind of get over it wasn't actually you know people always ask like was it scary to start a business and that part was like I always knew that this is what I wanted to do but it was like doing skincare specifically that was just so vulnerable for me and I remember like just like feeling like every time I would tell people that I you know, starting a skincare company, just feeling so judged on my skin and like nervous that like, if I was having a bad skin day that like people wouldn't take me seriously. Um, and that definitely happened. Um, and so, you know, that, that was a big hurdle for me, but, um, eventually I kind of realized that it's, this is like the thing that I feel the most passionate about. I actually convinced myself to do it by saying that I could just be like the business owner. Um, but not like, visible which is just funny now because people know how visible I am you're with the brand. so like like I wanted to get into this later on but it's so you are very front-facing which is amazing yeah exactly and and I really credit Coco Kind actually and and this business for like allowing me to like feel so comfortable in my skin and like just like show up with no makeup on our stories to you know all these people and just feel comfortable and not feel like I need to look like or be like something else. And, and so, you know, that's, that wasn't something that I started, that wasn't a quality that I started this business with that's grown Mm -hmm. over time. Um, And specifically with intention, because I want to set that example for other people who might be kind of dealing with what I was dealing with back then. Um, And then the other thing was just like, you know, there's a couple other things that were like moving forces for me to actually, you know, take the plunge. And that was, pricing in the beauty industry it was just really frustrating for me because I would buy these like bulk ingredients and it was just like how can I buy this like huge thing of you know rosehip oil and it's like um well rosehip oil is is expensive but it was still not as expensive as a lot of these other products on the shelf that only had like tiny tiny bit of it or um you know it was just filled with other ingredients and I realized that like there the the beauty industry is priced the way it is because of because it it allows for that, but it's not actually like warranted a lot of the times. And people create the pricing before they create the product. So mm-hmm. they're like, hey, I want to, you know, I want to, I, I can sell like a premium like sixty dollars skincare um, product, and then they kind of build the product. And and packaging is oftentimes like the the biggest cost contributor. Um, and I realize that like there's just there's a, a different way to do it where you actually just like you understand like what quality you want to put inside the bottle and then you build the pricing and you make it reasonable. You make it rational. 
um, and you make it more accessible to more people. And so that was like a huge thing for me of just being frustrated, like realizing like I used to buy this $90, I would I literally like $90 Chanel cleanser, which is ridiculous. Wow. And, you know, and, and right. And, and going to this realization that like none of this is like, I'm not paying for anything here. Um, and so, you know, really wanting, realizing that and being frustrated as a consumer. And then the other thing was like, you know, on the, on the just more conscious decisions, whether it's how to talk to consumers and not make them feel like shit, you know, in marketing, um, and make them want to feel like they should be or look like someone else. Um, or, you know, conscious decisions about packaging, um, sustainability and stuff like that. Like all of these things were very much missing from the beauty industry. Um, you know, especially six years ago as, as I was, you know, deciding to take the plunge. And so all those things basically combined led me to just feeling like a lot of conviction. Like, you know, I'm, I'm nervous to start a skincare company, but this is, this feels like there's enough, there are enough reasons why I kind of have to do it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think that for a lot of entrepreneurs, and I'm sure you can agree, I think at the core, you want to start something because there's, there's a void, like you're creating something that you wish existed. So for you, in terms of like your skin journey, it was like, okay, well, where's the natural stuff that's actually accessible and attainable? Um, Yeah. And just kind of going with your gut and knowing that, you know, there is a miss, there isn't like any, like, I don't feel represented in the skincare industry. And so you're just going to take the plunge and do it. And then lo and behold, like, you're not the only person, you know, there's so many other people out there that feel the same way. And like, that's what makes Coco Kind speak to so many different consumers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, honestly, none of this stuff is stuff that I knew or thought about when I started the company. Like I worked on Wall Street, like covering equity stocks. Like I, you know, knew nothing about consumer brands and, and think about it like six years ago too, like the world of direct to consumer brands and the world we live in today didn't exist six years ago. Like this is very, very new. And so I had like no experience in starting a consumer business um, and really had to figure things out one by one. And so I feel just super lucky actually that like um, that over time, like we, we, I don't know, I feel like we just kind of stumbled onto this, like, because we were so values driven that like we um, were able to build this really organic community that I had no idea what I was really doing. It wasn't intentional, but just like I was very intentional about the values behind the business and being vocal about that. And, um, and I think, you know, as a result that turned into, you know, something great. Yeah. And so when I first found out about Coco Kind, this was way back when I want to say it was maybe 2016 or 2017 when you just had those three sticks, like the beat them oh, up. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it was um, Jeanette from Shut the Kale Up. Yeah. She posted uh-huh. And um, yeah, so that's how I found out about the brand. And I was like, wait, this is a natural skincare product, but it looks so cute in the packaging and it really works. And I think that also at the time, correct me if I'm wrong, but all these natural skincare brands, they didn't have the packaging that spoke to the younger demographic, if that makes yeah. sense. And it yeah. Was, yeah. So it was like a certain niche. And when I saw that, I was like, wait, matcha moisturizer, but like, it's so cute in this little like roller thing that I've never seen before. So yeah. how, like from the beginning, like, did you have an idea of how you wanted things to be packaged and how you wanted your brand? And I remember the, the packaging was black right? Yeah. A black tube. So how did that all come about? Yeah. So, you know, we, and, and so I would say that like, no, I didn't. And, <laughs> you know, having, having no experience here, like I created the first round of packaging myself on like Photoshop and, um, or on InDesign. And, uh, and over time we, we, we actually changed our packaging two years ago. Um, and oh, sorry, actually, it was a year and a half ago, so not even two years ago, um, to what it currently is. But I had like zero experience. And so we, you know, we were cute, but we weren't like well branded, I would say. Um, and the thing that's always been consistent with the business and the products is like the values behind the products, which is, you know, clean, conscious, affordable. And, um, but, but the look of the products has, has changed dramatically. And so I would say like we we're just like, I feel again, really lucky that like we were able to like build a community with like the packaging that we had, because it wasn't something that was like 
super well thought out or with experience yeah. or with some like expert, you know, recommendation. <laughs> it was me basically <laughs> being like, I don't know, I think this looks good six years ago, right? And so that's like, that's just, yeah, not great. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, I think um, over time, um, we, 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 we had known that like, we, we know what our values are. Um, we want to show up as like a friendly, welcoming brand. Um, we're not like a overly, even though our ingredients are really carefully, intentionally selected, no filler ingredients, we're not like a minimalist brand. Um, we're not, you know, removed from the customer. We are not elite. We're not, you know, exclusive feeling. We are accessible, friendly, welcoming, and sustainable. Um, and, and just, we want to exude that. And so with our rebranding last year, that was very much like we actually kept that same, I think our previous round of packaging was those things, but it wasn't, it didn't have this, like it, it, it wasn't like elevated to like a, you know, true brand experience. And so that's what we did last year. Um, and, um, but really kept those same like characteristics of just feeling still very friendly. Um, but now, you know, hopefully just like a little bit more acute. (laughs) I do want to dive into sustainability and cocoa kind because I think that back in, when did the brand start? 2015? Yeah, 2015. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like from then till now, us as like a society has evolved so much and being aware, consciously aware about supporting brands that are sustainable and that are ethical. And of course it, it of course is important to be affordable and attainable at a time like this. Um, I always believe that wellness should be accessible to the masses, but wellness has so many different pillars. And I believe that the environment is definitely one of the, um, one of the plugins that is super important. So when you started, was that always um, at the back of your head? That's something that you wanted to incorporate? Because I know right now you're so transparent with your customers about working to be better and always learning and always evolving. And even yesterday you guys posted, like you're still testing biodegradable packaging and you're still looking for different options. But was that this case at the beginning and was it always important to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, it really was. I think like from the beginning, this was recognized as um, for me, it was just it was just important. And I knew that it was a missing like piece of the puzzle to making the beauty industry better. Like it was nowhere in the conversation of beauty mm-hmm. um, and the amount of excessive and like custom packaging that is thrown around in beauty industry is crazy, right? Like it's so expensive and it leaves such a carbon footprint. And, um, and, and I'm not saying that, that we need to be perfect, but there's so much, so many little things that we can do, you know, um, to continuously make progress. And so, you know, having glass containers, um, from day one is just, was, was really important to me. Um, and knowing that, you know, we would, we would commit to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, I think it was, I think what, has grown over time though, it's just education, right? Cause I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know all the, the, I, and I'm still learning so much, but that was a little bit less there in the beginning of just like, how do you really evaluate the pros and cons of a sustainable material and impact on environment, carbon footprint, water usage, like stuff like that, you know? And I didn't, I didn't know all of that at the very beginning. I just knew that like, this is something that we want to commit to in some way. And initially in at least in the product conception stage it was about let's use glass containers not plastic um and if we do use um like primary plastic components like are there other materials that we can look into and so i think that has always been um important to us and 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 more than anything it's just about that transparency you know um and knowing that like we're not like like you mentioned the other day we we tested our um beverage packets and like I don't I think I don't think that like most people know that like the packets that contain food powders in them they're not recyclable. Like 99% of them on the market are not recyclable. They use individual materials that are uh, recyclable like paper and poly and foil but they're not when they are combined they're actually trash. Um and so that's like it and it's it's a hard problem to solve because 
um, you need the inside ingredients to remain stable, um, right, and and protected from outside elements like humidity and heat um, and stuff like that that can really impact your um, your your ingredients inside. So it's not like it's like people aren't doing it because they you know they have and they have a choice. Like it's actually just a really hard problem to solve. And so um, so yeah, so like that's something that like we want to just be really upfront about um, this week when we launched our beauty beverages is making sure that people were aware of that. And like we did do um, you know some testing already and accelerated testing for for uh, stability. And maybe this is getting a little bit too much into it, but a lot of times when you do packaging, like stability tests, when you launch a product, you put it actually in like um, an oven and, and it's like heated um, above a certain temperature. And that basically allows you to accelerate the stability test. So instead of waiting a full two years, you can do it in like a six month time frame and be like, if it lasts within six months under this like, you know, environment of duress of like heat, um, then it can last two years. Um, and you basically like do accelerated stability tests. Well, anyways, we did our accelerated stability test on the, the compostable or biodegradable material and it like actually composted <laughs> because wow. it's like a compostable material. And so we're like, okay, like that's not going to work, right? Like we can't have our packaging. Like, composting that was a quicker job than needed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's great. That it, it says what it's going to do, right? Which is compost, but like, uh-huh. or it does what it says, but like we, we need, we need a more stable product than that. So, you know, now we're, we're looking at, um, you know, actually like, if you don't have the product above like a, you know, that temperature, like on a, like one, we're just going to run like a regular, like truly waiting the full two years in a regular environment and see if it still has that impact, you know? Um, and then to like some other forms of, of, of materials to see if we, if we can actually achieve it, but it is really difficult. And it's not something that we're saying that like, we're definitely going to solve this problem because, mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, we need the powders to be stable. Um, but at the same time, you know, we actually were going to launch the beauty beverages only in jars and provide like a little glass jar for people to like pour in, you know, to um, to, to basically have like their own single serve like travel container. Um, right. And then we realized like you need people, people are not going to necessarily want to buy 30 servings initially. And you kind of need like the single serve packets to for people to try things and you know people might want several packets on the go and it's just like so we realize like we kind of have to have the packets but over time what we hope is that people will um hopefully love them and adopt and and then you know move more into like the jars and so we will just hopefully sell less of the packets over time Taking a quick break for a message from our sponsors over at Ray Wellness. Living a big life requires some serious behind the scenes support and Ray is it. Ray is dedicated to supporting women making moves by providing evidence-based wellness solutions packed with pure and powerful ingredients so you can feel your best all day, every day. High impact without a high price tag, Ray supplements help improve your wellness, beauty, hormonal, and sexual health. Find Ray at Target and online, or even better, subscribe to have your favorite supplements delivered right to your doorstep. Now, when you start a subscription, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping when you spend over $20. So head over to raywellness.co today to get everything you need to find your calm and shine from the inside out. I just feel like I found out so much about biodegradable and recyclable materials. So thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we can talk for hours on this too. But speaking of the beauty beverages, I've tried them all. I absolutely love them. And I know that they held such a special place in your heart because you love making drinks. So how did that feel like actually having like an edible product come to life that you can consume every day? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it felt super natural. Like I... I, you know, and I think I'm curious about like what you thought, you know, when you first heard that we were doing that, like mm. for me, it's just like, this is so everything about the company. Like I use a hundred percent cocoa kind and like, I'm not even, you know, that's just, that's just what it is. Like people ask me about like what other, like when I have to do interviews and like mention other skincare products, I, it's so hard for me. I don't do it because I'm like, I would be lying. I use like all of cocoa kind. And so, and the, the beverages is truly something that I, I consume, you know, and I was mixing with, for myself um, for so long. So to me, it's like very, very natural. Um, But I'm curious, like what everybody else thought, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 
But so how did you, did you test it within the office or did you have friends test it out? Yeah, I've always, you know, had friends testing it out, but then I also, we've, we've been developing it. Like, so while I've personally made these for a really long time, I, um, I, uh, we, we officially started the development process um, a while ago at CocoKine, including, you know, other people and, and everything. Um, and, and it is also pretty wild. Like, I don't think I quite appreciated how different people's taste buds are because like uh, we would have people be like, Oh, this is like not sweet. Another person be like, this is so sweet. And like, it's just wild to think that. Right. Um, but, but yeah, there's a lot of opinions. And so just good to have that, that balance. Yeah. Um, but you know, ultimately you as a, you know, brand owner, business owner, product developer, at the end of the day, you kind of have to have conviction um, and, you know, and, and make the call at the end of the day. So that's kind of what happened here. Yeah. So for those listening, um, when we're talking about the beauty beverages, I know that there are three, my personal, personal favorite. And I've actually already, like, I think I have like three servings left in my jar, but it's the mocha, the morning mocha latte. I add it to my coffee every morning. It is so warm and cuddly. I feel like that's not what I, the word that I should be using, but I really <laughs> I love it. Love, like, I just, I love it. I love the taste and I love that it has like those beneficial properties added to it. So, that's so awesome. thank you for that. Yeah, that's so great to hear. <laughs> um, so as we know, it's 2020 and um, I think the world has been faced with a lot um, so far. And I know back in March, whether it was mid or end of March, um, COVID was really taking over the U.S. And something that really stuck out to me in your when your brand is that you are so vocal of having like being transparent with your community as like your customers and just reminding people within your company that it was all hands on deck. And I really think that you stepped it up as like an exemplar to be a leader to other entrepreneurs. And this is just me like talking from like what I've been able to witness online. And you literally packed up orders. Like you got yeah. to the warehouse and you were there for God knows how many hours and you were packing yeah. up orders, which is so like, I admire you for that. Like, I think that is absolutely incredible. And you didn't put other, like, I know it was you and your, it was someone else on the leadership team, correct? That was helping you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I just want to talk about like the importance of, you know, being an entrepreneur and leading by example. And I'm sure that your employees really looked up to you after that entire, that entire situation. Cause I know it took you guys at least like two weeks to figure out you started pre-orders and stuff like that. So how was navigating that time frame? Yeah. I mean, it was really, really crazy. Like I would say this year has probably been, and especially that initial like two months, it was literally like one of it, it was the hardest moment of starting this business out of all the ups and downs that we've gone through, which we've been through a lot. Startups are not perfect and they're not easy, you know? Um, and it was by far the hardest time period. Um, I think, you know, as a, like just taking a step back, you know, thinking about the, the beginning of COVID we had San Francisco and, and, and we had started to work from home a week before the official shelter in place was implemented, but San Francisco was the first city in the nation to implement shelter in place. So, and this wasn't, you know, it wasn't like the thing where it was like, like this is definitely going to happen. It was pretty shocking when it happened, you know, like everybody must stay home. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still produce, you know, gonna, we, we produce a good amount of our products in house in San Francisco, actually. Um, and we, we pack, you know, our products, um, at that point, 100% in-house. Um, yeah. And that's to our retailers as well as to our consumers on our website. And so for us, like immediately day one, like it, it's pretty scary. It doesn't matter how healthy your business is to be like, we don't know if we're going to be able to collect revenue if we're not able to make and ship products out. Like you are literally not collecting revenue. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we are have always been a very healthy and responsible business but then to be like, I don't know how long this is going to last. And it could literally be zero revenue to support all of our costs. Like that's really scary. And so it was very much like this decision that I made is just like, I'm not going to put like other people in the company at risk, you know, like I'm not like, this isn't 
like even though we are considered an essential business, like being personal care, like it wasn't like it, the first week was really just like, okay, well, like what can I do? Um, and so, and, and, you know, when you're a bootstrap company, like I, you know, pack packages all the way up until like we, like, you know, two years ago or something and, and help produce products all the way up until like two and a half years ago. So this mm-hmm. is all stuff that like, I, you know, very much involved in the process and created the process for and started. And so like, it, even though it had been a while and I was like, Oh God, like I can't believe I'm back here, like labeling products and packaging products and stuff like that and doing hundreds, if not thousands a day. Um, you know, at the same time, it wasn't something that I had to learn from scratch. You know, I think that would have been really overwhelming. And it's just kind of like, how could you as a business owner sit back and just take that when you know that there's something that you can do? And so it was really difficult because basically I would go into, um, you know, the warehouse by myself and, 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 you know, thankfully, um, my chief of staff, Samara, who I'm, you know, incredibly close to, like, she, you know, also, we had been basically been quarantining together. So we, she basically, she didn't have experience like packaging and all this stuff, but she learned it quickly. And, um, and so we basically would, would do that and then basically come back home, you know, at like 7 p.m. and then do our day jobs, which is like, you know, leading the company and trying to make sure that like, you know, we are able to collect revenue and we can run our business regularly and make all those tough decisions and obviously manage an employee base that is still really shaken up by like what's going on in the company. Like what's, what's our, what's our, you know, future? How is this going to pan out? Are we going to make it? Um, and I think so that that was like a very hard time period. And, um, but thankfully, like we just had such support from our community that, um, you know, that, that, that we were able to like quickly have our website back up, um, figure out how do we get some dual fulfillment going on. So it's not just every day, you know, Priscilla and Samara sending out all these packages um, and, and then, you know, try to figure out how we can operationally get to a better place. So it was really great. I mean, it was, it was two months of that. Um, and when I'm talking about like boxing and labeling products, like I really mean it. Like that was my nine to six job every day. And like, I would take meetings and people would, and internal meetings and people would know like the label machine is on in the background. Um, yeah. And that's where I was. And so it was just tough. Um, and I think that I had a lot of guilt too. It's like you're in these meetings and you're basically like multitasking and doing like labeling. And that can be hard for your team to just know that you're not like sitting at a computer hundred percent focused. Um, and so there's, I give a lot of props to my team too, for carrying a lot of weight when I wasn't able to, you know, fully a hundred percent focus. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that's just the kind of like startups are hard and it was definitely the hardest period, but it's, um, it's just, you know, I think another, another part of our journey here. A hundred percent. And I think it's like, it's just one of those pieces that you were able to learn from. And I think your team was able to learn from, and just, this is how I feel like from here on out, we're all just going to be constantly learning because the environment around us is just going to constantly be changing. And we're just going to have to figure out how to adjust. Yep, exactly. No. Um, but that key point of the importance of community, I think, the, like the Coco kind community. And I say that by your customers, the people that follow you on social, all of that really showed up for a brand that they love and care about so much. And it's, I think that with every, with every brand that has such a strong community, I think companies are also responsible for giving back and, you know, knowing their responsibility. And over the past, I would say, month um, with the protests happening and the Black Lives Matter movement, I think that Coco Kind also has stepped it up and has been a really big exemplifier out of all other brands that I've seen. Personally, I don't follow that many brands, but from what I've been able to see, and I think that you know, you've acknowledged the responsibility. And I would like to just talk about with our listeners what Coco Kind has done over the past week and what they plan on doing in the coming months. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say like first, like for us, we, I think for me, I've always looked at the business as like a platform for um, doing good things, whether it's, you know, providing a better product or, um, or more conscious way of doing business or better communication to your customers, um, treating the environment better or, you know, standing up for, um, you know, social responsibility issues and, and causes. And, and so 
for us, like, and, and, and I would say like, I'm really lucky because I have a team full of people who are aligned with me there. And, and in fact, push me and are really, really, um, yeah, just like intelligent and, and, and truly impactful with, um, the things that they care about and what they do. And so it's really inspiring, I think, for me as a leader to know that like, that's, um, yeah, to, to be inspired actually by, um, the people who work with me, um, because of, all that they do and, and care about. And so it's nice that there's this alignment across the organization. Um, so for us, like for, you know, Black Lives Matter, that was something that we, you know, came out extremely early um, and, 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 you know, provided, provided a voice here and said, we were, we are immediately going to be donating $10,000 to the ACLU and, um, and that was something that um, it was actually prompted in our team and, and someone just saying like, hey, I think we should speak up today. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And, and I think it was a little bit like, uh, and then obviously, you know, I had to make the decision on like how much we'd be able to donate initially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're lucky to have that team to, 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 you know, actually do something about it. And we're also lucky to have a corporate structure that allows us to make decisions and kind of do whatever the hell we want in terms of like what's right. And so we don't have to like check with like, you know, all these people like, Hey, can we donate $10,000 today? Right. Like I can make that decision as a business owner. Like that's what we're going to do. Um, and then, you know, over the, the course of the following week um, or maybe the week after we donated, you know, a hundred percent of our profits online to various organizations, different amazing organizations that we spotlighted every day, um, which led to a total of, $55,000 being donated. Um, and so that, you know, for our size company is a really, 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 really significant number. Um, and, and so that was, again, another choice where we want to do what's right. We want to, we have a lot of work to do, um, but we can also use our platform to lead here. Um, and to also, I think on that, it was actually also another thing that we did is just like um, thinking about immediately after we posted that initial, like we're donating um, $10,000, like I had just the thought of like, you know, there's so many black owned businesses that like we, that, that we can help support it. Or just like, you know, you don't have to buy from us right now, like buy from these companies. Um, and so that was something that we created um, this list and kind of did it quickly. Um, and since then there's been so many amazing other lists have come out. Um, and it was, this was like, it was by no means supposed to be like comprehensive, but it was just like, where like, you know, immediately, like what are some like 10 businesses that we just want to point people towards this weekend. Um, and anyways, that, that post went viral. Um, and, and those, you know, we, we were just happy to like be able to um, use our voice to point people in another direction. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think it's just for us, it's not about, you know, we're, we're going to be doing like really large initiatives internally with policy <laughs> and such. But at the same time, you know, it's like you as a human, like what can you do? Right. Like, like, I, you know, it's just like, I think it doesn't have to be as a business. So like black and white, I think you can also think about like, what are the ways that you yourself can contribute and just help um, be an ally. And so um, like last week, for instance, I spent all Saturday you know, on, um, I, I opened up my calendar to any black owned businesses for like business mentorship, you know, people who are just starting or thinking about starting a business or, you know, had already started business and looking for some mentorship and just spending time with people, um, to, you know, help provide a little bit of support and just know, like let people know that like I'm here as a resource for people. Um, so it's not something that's like so black and white for the business, but it's like that you personally can contribute to, um, and is not like publicized, but it's just like, this is, the choice that you're making in terms of where you want to dedicate your time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's all being said, like, I just think there's small and big ways that businesses contribute. There's professional ways, there's personal ways as a business leader that you can contribute as well. And, you know, lastly, I, you know, just, I'm so, so thankful for the activists amongst my team that, you know, continuously push me and inspire me to make sure that we're leading here as much as possible um, in terms of influencing how businesses can make an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you guys have done a really good job. And I really hope that other brands do follow suit in a sustainable way. And I say sustainable being that it's not just a one-time donation. It's like an ever, it's an ever going um, opportunity. 
Yeah. Um, so just because we're almost running out of time and I still want to get to know a little bit more about you. And yeah. since COVID has happened and since, I mean, 2020, it's definitely taken a toll on us as humans. And as we've heard, like you're doing, you were doing extra jobs and all this other stuff. So what are you doing for yourself, for your personal wellness like this year? Um, you know, it's really, it's difficult. Like I would say, um, you know, any business owner or startup founder can appreciate this year. And like people forget, like we're still in COVID, you know, like, we're not, we're still dealing. But some people definitely have. Yeah. It's just like, you know, we're as a business, like we're still very much in it. And so we're, we're, um, we're, things are not smooth sailing operationally. You know, there's a lot of disruption. Um, and so that's something that is, um, I think is, is, is underestimated in terms of like the impact that we still, we're still dealing with. Um, and so, you know, also just as a business owner, like you wake up and you go to sleep every day with like a lot of thoughts. And sometimes, you know, and mostly every day you kind of, uh, for me at least, like I do, I, I like dream about doing work at, at night. Right. And like, <laughs> I wake up like in the middle of work thoughts and like, it's just how it is. Um, and, you know, I think that there's certainly a lot of things that you can do. Um, but right now it's been really hard. And I think it's just like, it's just, that's just the reality. Like it's not anything to sugarcoat. Um, because like we are very much in it. And like, I think if a business can get through 2020, you can get through like anything um, with how much disruption we've had with COVID. And so um, I think right now, it, like my personal self-care has like fallen through, um, but there's, you know, little and big things. I, you know, try to go for a walk every day um, just to listen to an audiobook or to, you know, talk to a friend or just to, get some, you know, at least some, some air. Um, and then, you know, on a personal note, I was actually supposed to get married, um, this July and, um, and we were going to do, you know, like a big old celebration and that got postponed to, um, fall of next year. But, um, my now husband and I did get married, um, legally. And it was this like really beautiful weekend where it was hilarious because we signed up for, um, a video conference with the County clerk to get our license yeah. And we were on a wait list and they basically called and they were like, okay, it's going to happen tomorrow. And so we basically just like did it. And thankfully most of our families are, could get to the Bay area really quickly um, or live in the Bay area. So we were able to have like a, just our family, most of our family be there for that day. And that was, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. So um, my husband is just like incredible and, you know, keeps me grounded and, to me, that's like the most important thing is just being with family and um, spending that quality time um, because it's kind of, it's, it's a lot to kind of ask to do more than that, especially in this time. Um, well, congratulations. I mean, at the end of the day, all you need is your family around, of course, but yeah, um, that's so nice that you guys were able to do that. And I'm so happy for you. Um, Thank you. Something wonderful that came out of this year, but yeah. I know there are so many products now, but at the core of it, like, what would you say your top four? And it's like asking to choose from your children, but like, what are your top four Cocoa Kind products? Yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> I, I, I'll answer it based on like what products I use the most, like, okay. you know, versus, um, and so I would say like, at least right now and it changes, but the rose water is like every day, several times. Like I just need it. I'm a huge believer in toner um, and have always been, you know, uh, like on the toner game. And so like, I need that product every day, no matter what. Um, and then, you know, the My Matcha, I also carry like around everywhere, every meeting I have, it's, it's, it needs to be accessible to me at all times. And I freak out if I can't find one. Um, and then right now, um, the detox chlorophyll, beverage is has been really helping me this is like being at home like I don't know you just kind of like you just feel kind of sluggish you know all day on on meetings and stuff um and the last thing I'd say is probably our texture smoothing cream um that's like a it's a moisturizer and it's just like a nice um everyday type of moisturizer so I've been that's that I've been loving as well I love the smell um, of that one too yeah yeah but yes. I honestly 
like every single product and more because we're testing products always and launching new stuff. So like, it's just my, my routine is pretty complicated. (laughs) I mean, you probably have more than like a six step routine, but that's okay. Oh yeah. (laughs) Easily. (laughs) Um, So I feel like since this year you guys have already launched, so it was the celery, the two celery products and the drinks, the beverages and the turmeric. So what, are there any more products in the pipeline for 2020? Yeah, so we do. And it has been a big year for us because we just wanted to make sure that like the products that people wanted from us and that filled in the routine that we were able to do as soon as possible. And so we've been working on them for like years, but like finally this year we were able to launch them. Um, but the one we're launching in July is an SPF. And so um, wow. it's going to be a, a mineral-based SPF. Um, and I think, you know, like one of the best on the market for mineral sunscreens. Um, using non-nano zinc. So super excited about that one. It's a huge one for us. And then um, we have some other products um, like an eye cream in the fall um, and then, you know, some holiday items. So uh, it's definitely been a busy year for us, but we're excited. We're just, yeah, we're thankful that everybody has been really receptive and just um, responsive towards the newness that we've been putting out. I'm so excited for what's to come. I just so you know, sunscreen is like my favorite go-to. Like, I, I can't not live without sunscreen, even though I've been inside for quite some time. Um, yeah. And I'm all oh, interested in like new natural mineral alternatives. So I'm really happy about that. Um, I can't believe we got through so much. Thank you so much for sitting down. Thank with you me. for having me. I've looked up to you for so long. You literally like led the clean beauty movement in my opinion so thank you thank you so much is there anything else that you want to kind of leave off i'm anyone listening if you're not following already follow coco kind they are wonderful and yeah anything else you want to leave off on no, I don't think so. I mean, I think we, we covered a lot and, and mostly, you know, I'm just like a very grateful for, um, you know, everybody in my team and everybody just like that supports us in the, in the broader ecosystem. Um, I feel like so, so lucky to be able to do this every day. Um, and with, even with all the ups and downs and the imperfections. So, um, I, that's always just, you know, what I like to leave off on is just some gratitude. 